Welcome to Wicked Police Radio, episode number 55. This is the uh, comedy episode. Yes. And because our themes are randomly generated, uh, we don't actually have any comedians as guests. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Sometimes chance works out and yeah. we have someone appropriate. But uh, this time actually is more, I mean, it's almost too bad the theme wasn't journalism because those are, we have two guests, uh, one in person and one over the phone, uh, who both have pretty strong ties to music journalism. Uh, our our in-person guest was Jen Zarati who is the music reporter for the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, you know, she's formerly been involved with Uptown, CBC, uh, a ton of other publications, mm-hmm. writing, writing music, and she also has a blog, uh, Screaming, Screaming in, in All caps. caps, which is fairly new, um, and she talks about that quite a bit on the show. Yeah. And it's uh, kind of looking at uh, pop culture and stuff from a feminist perspective. And humorous. Yeah, there's, rant, yeah, for uh, sure, so... Yeah, it kind of kind of ties into the comedy aspect a little bit, and uh, then on the line we had uh, Pat Book, who uh, is in Regina, and he um, is, runs a blog, a music blog called Sound Salvation Army, uh, which has been going for a really long time, and uh, he called in to take part too, which is really cool. Yeah, so. he was there for most of the shows. So yeah, that was it was nice. good. It was good. It wasn't just like a quick interview. It was like he actually he picked a song, he participated, so and was able to uh, provide some insight into a, a band that someone else played. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it worked out worked out very well. So yeah. so yeah, I mean it's. Uh, even though it was the comedy is the theme that was randomly generated for this one, we didn't play a lot of uh, comedy routines, although there is one in there that yeah, Rob, played. Yeah, Rob Crooks just, came through with Yeah, it. Rob, yeah, it's worth mentioning, too. This is the first episode in a long time that all three of us, all three hosts, yeah. have been there. I'm Sam, by the way, and this is John. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we, I, we, we go through into that in the show. But And Rob Rob was back, so he uh, you would have heard him a couple weeks ago, and now you hear all of us on this one. So mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, so check out uh, other episodes on whichpolice.com yeah. under the podcast button. Uh, but more importantly, maybe go uh, like us on Facebook and check out the different random stuff that we might be posting on yeah, there. Yeah, we post a lot of stuff that relates to the guests and to the shows and yeah. just other interesting um, stuff, stuff too. So. Which Police Radio on Facebook. Yeah, and on Twitter we're at Which Police FM. And you can also check us out on Stitcher, which is an app uh, for listening to podcasts and talk radio and things like that. And uh, if you go on Stitcher, you can get pretty much instant access to all of our shows for free on your mobile device or whatever and uh, we encourage you to give us a rating or uh, a review on there yeah some feedback yeah because that, that helps the more reviews we get I mean I assume they have to be good for this but <laughs> they help um, I'd welcome a I, w- I would too yeah just the f- it helps get our show recommended to the right kind of people I mean they, they suggest shows to listeners based on what they're listening to and that kind of thing so yeah, so, yeah do that um and otherwise, we're on the real live radio, but not live, on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM in Winnipeg. Yep. So if you're not in Winnipeg, you can go to umfm.com and stream it That's live. right. Yeah, so you can, there's no excuse. <laughs> you can hear it on the website. You know you can hear it on I, I think if you, you listen on. to the podcast on, online, maybe you don't need to go to the radio ones, too. No, no. You, oh, you could. I mean, you should, really. <laughs> I don't know. Double, you know, because it's Double a few down. months staggered, right? So you gotta. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Um, this is also our last episode of new content for 2013. We might, depending on how much time we have, run some extra bonus stuff over the holidays, but that remains to be seen. But uh, we're back in early January. We've got a lot of really good guests already mm-hmm. sorted out for the, for the new year. I'm not gonna say we're there now, just. But stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll have a lot of interesting stuff coming up. So uh, enjoy the uh, comedy episode. Hey, it's John here. Um, Our own Rob Crooks is in a group called Magnum KI, and they're coming out with a new album. So to start off the show, here is a new track from the group Magnum KI. I worked so hard just to get here. Still I feel I am nowhere. Our destiny is sealed. Until I reach it, there can be no rest. My thinking is so clear. Keeps me up at night in 
single moment it haunts me Staring me in the face and it taunts me Lying bad awake, heavy on me They say that I'm sick, that it's got me They say that I'm different, I'm not me Praying in vain that they stop me Call out my name, but they lost me Got a little of the devil inside Too embedded, too exorcised Too unsettled, too revel in life Keeping fettered in my feather in flight On a path that I'm traveling like No rest, not day or night On a quest I am blessed to find At the end I ascend, manifest as a fine Been on this path for years I fight for every inch of progress Nothing can interfere I keep it steady with every new step in my mind it's been seen Burnt it still into my flesh The sky will never heal My memory can never forget Yeah, we. Uh, this is going to be the first show we've had all three hosts back in uh, 11 weeks, something like that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we have a blizzard on right now, sort of uh, bad road conditions and whatnot, But so Rob might show up. I uh, might not. But uh, yeah, so me, I'm here. I'm regular host Sam. I'm here with... Regular host John. And our guest today is Jen Zarati, who um, people in Winnipeg at least probably know, uh, mainly from uh, music writing. I mean, you write for the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, you wrote for Uptown Magazine for a long time. Still mm -hmm. do. Yep. Uptown Magazine. Um, what else? Uh, CBC. Yep. Music. Um, well, you have like a pretty big list of credits for music writing. Yeah, there's but, quite a few. But you also have a blog. Yes. That, that's fairly recent, right? Yes. It's yeah. It's called Screaming in All Caps. Yes. Screaming right. in All Caps and Other Feminist Response to Pop Culture. Right. Okay. <laughs> Is the full title. That's the full title. Okay. Um, and that's a screaming in all, screaming in all caps .com. Yes. And you do that with uh, Marlo Campbell, right? Yes. And she also is an uptown 
yeah. Uptown veteran? She and I worked together at Uptown in its previous incarnation when it was still an independent weekly. Yeah. And uh, she was staff writer there, and she um, had a weekly column, and she tackled a lot of feminist issues. Yeah, she did, like, yeah. She was one of probably, and still is one of, um, I think, our most prominent feminist voices in the media. And I was always really inspired by her, and she's 10 years older than me, and yeah. so actually there's always sort of the big sister, little sister vibe. Mm -hmm. And uh, she really inspired um, me to start a column for the Spectator Tribune. And so that's sort of how the blog began. And then, so I started writing the column, and it began in column form, and then we turned it into a blog, and we both contributed to it. And then we also have a third Uptown, ex-Uptown staffer, um, who does illustration and cartoon nice. for us as well. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, I checked yeah. out, I guess, a few, maybe a month ago, yep. when I heard about it. Uh, and I ended up reading like, you know, three or four of them. They're pretty good. So, cool. do you, are you usually doing things that are in the news currently? Yeah, we try a... to we try to keep it topical. Um, there's quite a strong feminist blog sphere, so there's quite a few blogs. Mm -hmm. um, and what we like to do is sort of um, analyze pop culture through a feminist lens. So yes. that is basically the the premise of the blog. Yeah. And we call it screaming in all caps because it's sort of a play on the old. Uh, chestnut that women are shrill so we we like to play with humor and we like to play with some of those conventions mm -hmm. so that's sort of uh, where we begin so we focus on local stories we also focus on things that are obviously happening in pop culture we were strictly pop culture for a long time but we've moved on to more um, current like the current affairs type things as well so there's, there's quite a, a breadth of subject matter cool. we're yeah. joined by Rob Crooks rattle of a uh, third, third paper host. bag Rob has arrived is this really happening? No. Okay. Then I'm, I'm Hi. feeling a little bit better. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, what I wanted, I don't know if you, when I was opening the door for Rob here, if you already asked this, but uh, this, the subtitle there of the blog, another mm -hmm. feminist response, why, why, why another? I mean, are there a lot of other things that you're basing, using as influences well, or, or what? It was just a feminist response to pop culture. Yeah. And then I realized after I had written a first couple columns when it was still a column for the Spectre Tribune yeah. that Bitch Magazine's tagline is oh, okay. a feminist response to pop culture. So we're like, we'll do another feminist right. response to culture because as I was saying before, there's quite a few blogs that do what we do. Um, yeah. Some are really well known, such as Jezebel and yeah, Feministic. Okay, totally, yeah. yeah. um, Jezebel, I would not char characterize so much as strictly a feminist blog. They deal in feminist subject matter, but yeah. point to other media like Feministing and some of the sort of the big feminism okay. blogs. Um, so I think another was our clever way of sort of acknowledging, hat-tipping the fact that we're not the yeah. only people commenting on this, but we can offer a different point of view because there's not a lot of Canadian feminist blogs. They're, okay. they're out there, but there's not a ton. And, uh, you know, we're from Winnipeg, and we have our perspective that yeah. we ha have on these issues. So I think it was um, just a way to acknowledge, acknowledge our peers. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, like I was saying to you before we started recording this that like I think that um, I have two daughters and I think that because of that like reading some of the, some of the, some of the posts in your blog um, I feel kind of more I don't know if I don't know if like open to to reading it and then taking it taking into account what you're saying and stuff but I think that I have different perspective um, because a lot of these things are going to affect my kids you know For I mean sure. like a lot of these issues um, is there I mean, is there a target kind of audience you're aiming at with this? I mean, I know, obviously, a lot of these things will impact a pretty wide range of people. For sure. And then the second question <laughs> up to that is, um, what kind of backlash do you get? Because I, I know, the, like, you know, on the internet especially, there's a lot of people who are quite happy to go and, you know, talk shit about anything that, that bothers them. And I've seen a lot of oh, type yeah. of issues you're talking about get pretty heavy uh, criticism. Well, it's, I mean, 
I think it's a fair argument to say that the world is still a pretty rough place to be a woman, and I think the internet is especially a rough place to be a woman. And so I think when you are presenting opinions that are, you know, seen as either unpopular or seen as man-hating or seen as, yeah. you know, it's sort of like, oh, like, there's a lot of, like, we always kind of make fun of this commentary. It's like, well, somebody think of the men because a white man's perspective has never been shared before. Right. So it's just sort of you run into that exhaustion of that because you just do reading a woman on the internet but some of the stuff you are directly um taking on i guess in mm -hmm. your in your column are like i'm surprised still exists like if it com like what comes to mind specifically is that i think it was in the new york times an article by a woman about how to how to get a husband or something mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 about how you have to like make him sandwiches in the yeah. morning yes. and stuff like it was just it's Which like blogged about. yeah yeah, yeah. it blows my mind that 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 even exists and it just proves the necessity for a blog like well yours. that's what i mean well, like i mean yeah. i wouldn't have thought about it but now it's like i'm reading it and i'm like i have girls you know yeah. like yeah. this is scary well <laughs> and well for sure and to answer the first question that you asked and that goes along with what rob brought up too yeah um i think once you have your blinders pulled off to something like this then you start seeing it everywhere it's like yeah. anything it's like when you learn a new word and suddenly you see it everywhere yeah, totally. it's kind of the same premise in that once you are no longer um blind to something happening you do see it everywhere and it's sort of we were talking before the show started about how it's sort of impacted all areas of my life. So I'm kind of unable to watch a movie now without right. having my feminist radar up and be right. like, ah, well, that sucks. What, you know, the, so the test or whatever? Yeah. And it just, you know, you see it in web comics that I used to enjoy. It's like, oh, there's just some casual misogyny yeah. thrown in there. Yeah. So you start seeing it a lot. And I think for that to happen, though, you need to be made aware of it. And I think because... You know, I'm sitting in a room with three white guys. Yeah. Do you, think, you know, I think do you, you. Do you think you oversee it at all? Right. I th I don't know if I oversee it. I think it's important for me to be a vigilant consumer of it, so that I continue continue to do the work that I do, which mm -hmm. is educate people to this issue. Yeah. And are there any to it. Are there any issues you like sit down to write about, and then, but you're not sure if you're if you're taking it from the right angle or if you're examining it correctly? It takes a lot. I mean, to do. A blog like this it does it, I mean I try to keep my posts short I try to keep them funny and I try to keep them pretty so I, th I think they're fairly easy to read but that doesn't mean they're easy to write so quite a bit of time and thought and discussion goes into every post that Marlo and I do yeah. um, and it's interesting to go back to what you're talking about with backlash just to answer yeah. that quickly too um, with our blog I think for the most part I think people who are seeking out a feminist blog and we have a pretty yeah. Comprehensive commenting guidelines. Like if you were yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes. If you're new to feminism, yeah. here's sort of, you yeah. know, here's what the deal is. Yeah. The basics. Yeah. Here's what the deal is. Here's yeah. what this blog is. Here's mm -hmm. what this space is meant to be. Um, so I think for the most part, with the blog, we're preaching to the converted. But yeah. you mentioned that I work for the Free Press, yeah. so I wrote a blog a response to a um, article that ran in Slate okay. about. Uh, maybe ladies should stop drinking so much if they would like that. not to that. be raped. I saw, that, yeah. I saw that article too. Yeah. And I wrote a blog about it. Yeah. And somebody commented on it and they were like, oh, I was really disappointed to see that the Free Press had picked up the Slate article right. and had written it and maybe they'll pick up your blog as a response. Yeah, I And I said, too, actually, well, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I actually work at the Free Press so that yeah. gives me a really good idea. So I went to work the next day and whenever, I work in the Arts and Life Department, but I walked over to op-ed and I said hey I have an unsolicited yeah. pitch for you if you want it cool. sort of rejigged it to be a column for the free press yeah. and they liked it and ran it the backlash to that column was 
bananas. But you knew that was going to happen, right? For sure, because it's a different audience. You're bringing a pretty um, hardline feminist issue, the position I take being that actually drinking doesn't cause rape. Rapists cause rape. And maybe if we want to prevent rape, we should teach men to stop raping women. Like That's the column I took, and a lot of people were really offended by that. And uh, a lot of them, an overwhelming number, uh, likened rape to auto theft. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the comments yeah. and being horrified, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, and that's why I think to echo what you were saying before too, that it it's proves the why we still need to be having this discussion. Yeah. And it's kind of incredible and unfortunate and sad that this is still relevant. Yeah, totally. Um, I interviewed Ani DeFranco for the Free Press, and we talked about that too. And she's like, I have songs that are 20 years old, and I can still pluck them out, and they're still relevant. Yeah. And she's, it's frustrating because you're still battling with these things. And so there's a lot of... Uh, particularly around issues of sexual assault and rape. Yeah. There's a lot of fatigue that sets in, too, because it's like, if I really have to write that word again, like, like you kind of have to take mental breaks from it, too, yeah. because it's, it's pretty heavy subject, heavy sure. subject yeah. and it's uh, a lot to take on, especially because you feel like you're constantly having to say the same thing because people aren't getting people it. Are getting, yeah. well, speaking um, of heavy subjects. Speaking of heavy subjects, yeah, <laughs> we can talk more about this for sure as we go along, but uh, just for people who haven't heard the show before, the way this works is we have a randomly generated theme word, uh, which actually has nothing to do with what we're talking about no. just now, uh, which is comedy. <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> these are these heavy subjects. Actually, I, I was thinking while you're saying that, I was watching like a movie or something with a friend of mine recently, mm. and it was a comedy. Yeah. And partway through, she's like, "I can't watch this anymore." I was like, "Oh, oh, you don't like it?" She's like, "It's so misogynistic." Yeah. And it was, but it was a comedy, and like I just I thought it was kind of funny, but. You, Wait, know, you didn't even click to you that like maybe or well I knew it, like it's it it knows if it's being offensive right but um it didn't occur to me that it was like offending the person I was watching it with right, right. Mm-hmm. and they wanted nothing to do with this anymore oh okay okay well I think there's uh, we uh, a big part of my writing particularly for the blog um, and particularly the sandwiches blog is an example a lot of it is humor writing yeah. and mm-hmm. it kind of it began as a it's it's a feminist blog but it's also for me. Um, an exercise in humor writing as well, because I found that that is a way to make really heavy things digestible. digestible yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm an Italian, and there's an Italian saying that you have to laugh to keep from crying, and I think that's true, and I think that's how we <laughs> we yeah. deal, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, and, yeah. and I think it's how, you know, that's how you stay afloat, and it's how you keep fighting the good fight, and it's how you keep yeah. writing about these subjects, because you have to make them... Um, tolerable you have to make them bearable mm-hmm. yeah um but with respect to comedy i know that there was a lot written this year in particular about um you know rape jokes and are they allowed or aren't they allowed and mm. censorship of free speech yeah, and yeah. blah 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 and um lindy west who writes for jezebel she's a great writer and she's a comedian herself and she's written a lot about uh misogyny she's run into in comedy and the backlash she received for writing with that from comedians being like, mm-hmm. basically defending, like basically saying, we're not misogynistic, but we're <laughs> going to call you all these horrible things. And because horrible because things. it's a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. And she read all the tweets she received in a really, like just staring at a camera, deadpan, like filmed, and the, just like the violence that was mm. yeah. inflicted on her by random Twitter users. And it was terrifying. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, tell me again how comedy doesn't have a misogyny problem. Like, you yeah. know? But I think it's possible, and Lindy has written about this as well, it is possible to discuss subjects such as rape with a comedy act, for sure, absolutely. But the thing is, you have to punch up. You can't make the victim the punchline. Because if you're always punching down, it's not not worthwhile. It's not art. It's not relevant. It's not anything. It's a cheap laugh and 
who cares? But it, the people who are really good at what they do and the comedians that are smart and get it and punch up, yeah, makes a big difference. So, mm-hmm. so there's yeah. so there's a there's a connection between the heavy subjects and co- well, for sure there is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like it's pretty much anything people make jokes about, and whether it's tasteful or, or yeah. non-offensive or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, we have random. The computer spits that awarded us this week is comedy, and uh, so we're gonna play songs that relate to the theme. Uh, whether we're gonna be actually playing comedy songs or what, I'm not sure. Um, depends on I guess our choices, but you guys will you'll hear it. Uh, I guess I, do you want me to start? Sure. Get things sure. going. Um, speaking of, you were saying about free speech and, and all that. Um, I'm going to play a song by Frank Zappa and Captain Beefheart. And he was, uh, Zappa was pretty big into the anti-censorship stuff. Yeah, he, he was, was really against the um, parental advisory stuff. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was like, went in front of Senate and stuff and yeah, like, yeah. to talk about this and complain about it. Uh, the song I'm going to play right now, well, the reason I picked him for comedy is because I think a lot of his songs are funny and they're delivered so seriously. And I, I feel like... Um, I feel like he knows he's being funny, but he tries as hard as he can to make it seem like he's not being... You know what I mean? Like, it's... Uh, I mean, some of the song titles are super weird, and, like, some of the lyrics are funny. I mean, a song like Don't Eat the Yellow Snow, which is probably his biggest hit. I mean, so it's straight up funny, but it's... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't call it a comedy song. It's mm-hmm. just about a funny subject, but mm-hmm. he's very seriously playing a song about a funny subject. So uh, when I was thinking about songs, I had all these ideas of, of songs by comedians and songs that were deliberately funny and whatnot. And then I remember the song The Muffin Man, uh, which is from this album called Bongo Fury. It's Captain Beefheart, Frank Zappa. It's partially live, partially in the studio. And uh, I listened to the song since I was a little kid. My dad, uh, this is his old record. And um, I remember, for some reason, that I always I always really liked the song. Uh, and it's completely nonsensical. It's like, the you know the kid's story, The Muffin Man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, it's that, but like... He lived taken, on what lane? Well, it is, that doesn't matter for them. But it's taken to some weird extreme, and, like, he's laughing while he's trying to deliver the lines because they're so ridiculous. And, like, it's, it's, I think it's funnier, like, listening Who's to him... Who's singing? Through, is it Zappa? Is that, but yeah, yeah. It's funnier listening to him trying to get through it because you can tell he knows it's absolutely ridiculous what he's saying, and he can't, and he has to stop and start over again, like, you know. And, uh, and actually, that part wasn't recorded live. Like, some of the music was recorded live, but that vocal part, he did it in the studio, but then just left it, I guess, because it's funny. So, uh, it's a weird song. It's, um... Apparently, they used to play it a lot uh, to close out their live shows, just because it's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But this is a strange album. It's really, really strange. It's the last one he did with The Mothers as the backing band. Like the original? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, no, like anything called The Mothers. Oh, really? that, it was all like solo stuff and everything. So this is 1975. Okay. I think he did I think he did a couple things like way later on with members of, but this is the first, last time they're actually billed. Mm. So Zappa, Beefheart, Mothers, Mongo Fury recorded live in Texas in 1975. So it's The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man is seated at the table in the laboratory of the Utility Muffin Research Kitchen. Reaching for an oversized chrome spoon, he gathers an intimate quantity of dried muffin remnants and brushing his scapular aside, proceeds to dump these inside of his shirt. He turns to us and speaks. Some people like cupcakes better. I, for one, care less for them. Arrogantly twisting the sterile canvas snoot of a fully charged icing anointment utensil, he puts forth a quarter-ounce green rosette. (laughs) Let's try that again. He puts forth a quarter-ounce green rosette near the summit of a dense but radiant muffin of his own design. Later, he says, Some people 
some people <laughs> like cupcakes exclusively, while myself, I say, there is not, nor ought there be, nothing so exalted on the face of God's great earth as that prince of foods, the muffin.
Zappa? That was the Muffin Man from Bongo Fury 1975. Um, yeah, like it's just that ridiculous intro and then like three or four minutes of just like face melting guitar solos. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is, and then there's that, that bit at the end where he introduces the band, which is cool. Because like that, the vocals were in the studio and that other stuff wasn't, was live. So he didn't need to keep that in there, but yeah, he did. Closing a show. Well, yeah. Closing out a show too. Yeah. Closing out, for sure. Yeah. And like every time I, every like because I've listened to the song so many times since I was a kid, whenever anyone says anything about cupcakes, like I always think of this and I always think, I've said it to people too, and they have no idea what I'm talking about. I, for one, care less for them. <laughs> and it was like, what are you talking about? Like, it's actually, I think, annoying to some people, like, like in my family. <laughs> they say it all the time. I don't know. I love it. It's, uh, I like the part where he laughs and, uh, and corrects himself. It's, it's funny, but, like, weird funny. Funny, weird. Funny, it's, strange. Not funny, aha. Uh-huh. What I appreciated about it is it's sort of a nice um, counterpoint between having, yeah, the super. Li- technical yeah. solos yeah. but then those moments where it's like I'm gonna screw up this yeah. line and laugh and the end where you have the, the interactions yeah. right yeah. so it's sort yeah. of a nice uh, counterpoint yeah. to each other I do like how it's not because like a lot of funny songs are really simple like, uh, and it's because they want the, the lyrics to come through but this is just like it's like fusion <laughs> like it doesn't mm. even need there's no there's no attempt at, at dumbing it down at all it's just like this is what he's doing anyway so let's just put some weird lyrics on the front of it and yeah as you were saying about Zappa before like he's got weird like has to him where he takes the music and he's he's a nitpicker and like taking stuff really oh, extremely, seriously yeah, yeah, and yeah. recording it's just, like very perfectionist and stuff too yeah, yeah very much perfectionist and yeah. then ridiculous lyrical content a lot yeah. of the time yeah and I mean everyone assumes he was like some kind of like crazy like drug maniac but he was really like a clean you know, aside from cigarettes like he oh was, very much so yeah. well I was gonna ask about that because I wonder a lot of his fans must have been out of their really mind high though. on yeah, drugs for sure yeah. they were for sure yeah. they were and then like he almost because he's not just straightish but he was really right wing so I wonder yeah, was a like he was a libertarian yeah. kind of yeah. right yeah. he was yeah so I wonder like if, if he's just like like he must be the complete opposite of his whole fan base and his band I think that's true I like, all I know about him personally is from reading um Pamela DeBar, who, if you don't know... Yeah, the groupie, right? The groupie. Yeah. And uh, she... Like, the world's most world's most famous groupie. Right. But she... Um, I can't remember if she was living with the Zappas or just friends with or something, but she ended up being kind of like a quasi-nanny figure to his kids. And he seemed like, the, like he seemed like the father of that whole screwed-up clan of people. Yeah. Like, he seemed like sort of the the patriarch of that yeah yeah but know. he was so straight yeah and so he sort of seemed like it, they had this home that they just took in all these sort of lost kids that found themselves mm. following music and it reminds me a little of Sun Ra actually a few episodes ago me and John went on kind of a rampage talking about Sun Ra in great detail and he did, he was very clean living and stuff too and he was like a Playing this nutty music that some of and at one point had a house where all one the point band a house where the band members were yeah. living and they were all on drugs and stuff well not all of them but some of them were yeah. some of them were okay some were doing like heroin and stuff like that yeah yeah, so so it's like what's what's with all the cult stuff happening in like the sixties, right? I don't know. Like, well, this, yeah, I, I think it's probably still around, just not as music. I think it's like a commune based. thing, though, right? Yeah. It's like right. yeah, and yeah. I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, but like it makes me wonder. Like uh, I mean, if you don't need drugs to be like this, why are people? You know, you think almost think someone like this guy who has such a cult following still, people would be like, wait a minute. I think they I think they crave the experience that he. So clearly has in music, and they don't know how to get right. They there. can't get like, right. Yeah, they can't. Right. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. Well, he was listening to classical music and stuff. Like, mm. it's really strange how this ended up being like the uh, counterculture, like you know, hippie weird freakout music because like it's. I mean, the well, guy. it's interesting because classical music was also my entry point to music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I grew up playing the piano, and uh, the type of music that I was into classically. So I was really into baroque, which is 
characterized by having a really um, loud, competing left hand with the, the melodic, which is you play with your right hand. So when you yeah, play yeah. piano, piano is an orchestra instrument, so you're playing, you know, the bass with your left and the melodies with your right. Yeah, yeah. And Baroque had a lot of playing in between, so sometimes you'd have the melody and the bass with oh, lines. Cool. And uh, so it really made sense to me as I started discovering music and getting really into, you know, punk and grunge. It's like, ah, it makes sense, because it's the same sort of things that twig me to certain right. composers that I like in certain contemporary music. So it's interesting how, uh, yeah. how there's lots of parallels there. Just for kicks today, I had uh, some, some time around lunch night. I don't know if I want to know what you do just for Well, I was reading, I read an article <laughs> about uh, <laughs> comedy and music, but it was about classical music. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was about around the Baroque period, like yeah. 17th century, 18th century. Can I make glasses? And I mentioned um, when instead of like a minuet section in a, a symphony, they would start writing a scherzo, which in uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, hilarious. Well, it means like joking in Ital Italian. Okay. I just see all these like guys powder wigs, but just so like slapping yeah. their knees. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there was some, and there was uh, yeah. yeah, there were some that's pieces hilarious. that were written. <laughs> Titled like you comedy. Must do tons yeah. of drugs. So I'm gonna listen to it. It's all good to ask. Sounds different. To yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Exactly. Laugh out loud. Funny. Yeah. Symphonic music. I yeah. Uh, you know what's? Did you guys hear about that song a few years ago? That uh, what's his uh, white stripes guy? Um, Jack, Jack White. White did a thing with the insane clown posse covering Mozart. No. And it was a Mozart song about anal sex. <laughs> they put it a seven inch. Wow. And it was like a. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I mean, I'm assuming it's a joke. But is it's Jack White like cool with those guys? I guess he must be. He right? must be recorded a record with them, but I have. Or I mean, it, but, but like if you're the insane clown posse and you get like an email from Jack White's like, you manager, you're yeah. just gonna say yes. You don't care yeah. if he's making fun of you. Yeah. No, you don't. I wonder. That's and like apparently it's a legit Mozart song because Mozart was crazy. Like they're writing crazy shit like that all the time, right? So. Well, and speaking of cults, we're full circle with the insane, insane clown, clown posse. Yeah. 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 I actually think the insane clown posse is, is. I mean, I don't like their music, but I think they're brilliant. Like. I agree. I think that it's hilarious. It, I, they're brilliant, or are they just like the leaders they are of all amazing, the biggest idiots? But the amount, the amount, the amount they managed to build like a massive worldwide following. That's, that's I'm blowing. impressed. And, like, and you know, like even like there's uh, who's that one guy that he's like this rapper from LA and he's like one of them now. Oh, really? And when he played, he's a played. Sh what's that? A juggalo. Called, right? Yeah, yeah, and so like he's played here like a couple times in the past few years, and I haven't been, but apparently the shows are full of people with Juggalo makeup yeah. on. Interesting. Yeah, like I never would have thought. That's what that's I mean. They're brilliant because happens. I mean they're really bad rappers. They're not good. Their music is no. terrible. Yeah. Everything about it. Right. Is everything bad. about it is bad, but somehow they have this massive following, and it's like I think they know it's bad. I don't think they think it's good. I think they they, they try to make go as far out as they can with it. And like, cause they made like, they, they made like a western. The they, they made a so western movie good. about them being like in clown pimps or something, and like in the <laughs> old west. <laughs> like, there's no way that that was seriously like this is going to be a really good piece of art, right? They must have been thinking like this is going to make us tons of money. We can be as ridiculous. I as we think want. they're just, but I think they're just like they're just dumb. They're just dumb, and they're, they they're probably obviously they're making that movie being like this is going to be funny, yeah, and like a joke, but like. I don't think they're they're looking at it as like let's make something stupid or like let's not try. These people okay. are gonna buy it anyways, you know. Like I guess I just hope that that's what it is. You know, I hope that they're actually really like this is not them at all and they're just doing it because they or can. they're just that unself aware, which is kind yeah, of which brilliant is good, in good and too, of yeah, itself. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, which is probably like yeah, is, this yeah. is this is what we do. People can like it or not. I kind of I kind of feel like they're one of those bands too that would probably just be doing what they were doing even anyway. if they were in 
Omaha and the three fans. You know, like, yeah. I think they would still be. Yeah, they would, yeah. You know, and like to be fair, I haven't listened yeah, to like there's a groups whole like that in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but to be fair, I haven't listened to like a whole insane Clown Posse album. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm missing. The, maybe you know. I mean, I'm sure it's not good, but from what I've heard, but. And it's weird because I remember when they first came on the scene. Yeah. Because they were the type of group where no other rap group would give them any respect, right? I like how we're talking about this right now. They're goofy. <laughs> so they came up with, like, Corn, right? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, those, yeah Corn and, like, Twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. a weird... Dark but then time. now they have, yeah. like, those yeah. festivals yeah. and they have, like, mess so and stuff playing at it. Yeah, I know. And, um... Didn't fans like them ironically? Is that that's what I, that's is that what I don't know? Like, no, I don't like, think they do. Insane clown posse. I think, I think they do. Or is, yeah. it, or is it sincere? I think it's people who are just as, you know, like dumb, and <laughs> well, I mean, like I tr- I thought about it. Like I thought about maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe I should try to be more like understanding. But I yeah. think it is. I think they're they're dumb people, and they listen to dumb music. Like yeah, what are you gonna what are you gonna be like some idiot and go listen to fucking. Mozart or whatever the hell is <laughs> well they are now because you did that single yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of a conversation I had today which is just, this is a complete aside but talking about trying to explain and I think there's probably been think pieces written to death about this but trying to explain how how it happened that the tragically hip is as popular and as mainstream as they are they're a great band well, they're, they're great but if you listen to their lyric like they release songs with no choruses they oh, release like really lyrically dense Lyrical yeah, that's narratives. true. That's true. Yeah, they have like it's such smart, brainy music, and yet it has this weird mass appeal that I don't know. Well, it's such if a, that but could it, happen, so, you know. But it's still like bar rock. At it the is. Same yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird. Yeah, it's a weird. Cause like 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 Fifty Mission Cap, for example, like that song actually has really pretty good lyrics. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not his best, but they're pretty. They're yeah. pretty good. And they have depth to them, but like. You know, it's about a hockey card. He's like, right. I have a I mean, hockey card yeah. in my hat, you know? That's enough to get people into I mean, it's Canada. Yeah. You sing about hockey. It's something called Disaster, which yeah. doesn't have a chorus. No, it doesn't. And there's a single like, staple. I, I, I was thinking about that the other yeah. day when I heard that on the radio. Yeah. And, like, that song, like, I get made fun of for liking Tragically Hip. So and people are always like, oh, I never expected you to like yeah. Tragically Hip. But, like, Nautical Disaster, every, every time I hear that, even to this day, I get chilled. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. That yeah. song is amazing. Yeah. He's a lyricist that uh, yeah. you just, and maybe it's just a stupid judgmental thing, but you look at the kind of fans, like, you know, it's not the band I hate, it's their fans. Yeah. And that is about the tragically yeah. hip. Yeah. And it's just, you have this band that just, on the outset, seems like it's just playing at a completely different level than a lot of its fans are. Yeah. But... Yeah. Maybe that's not true. So you know? maybe like, insane clown posse is that. It's just, just it's just one of those examples where something really good and something really worth it actually has the appeal that it should right. have. You know, yeah. and it isn't sort of relegated to sort of this cult favorite. It's yeah. actually has been able to transcend that and be both really smart and really dense and really challenging, but also Why have that mainstream money yeah. rock yeah. appeal. So, I don't know. Tangent, but no, it is. It's a good point though because people do like have this opinion about the tragically hip based on their fans mm-hmm. and a lot of people who listen to music that's not that and they're very very opposed to them it's just like I would never listen to Tragic it's like why not did you listen to them it's well, like he's, such, he's such an interesting guy too like I remember I've only interviewed him once and I wrote this in the piece it was for an old Uptown cover story and uh, he's the kind of guy that is just as likely to use ergo in a sentence no yeah. probs and tell you to take care eh, at the end of an yeah. interview you know like yeah. he's just so 
Someone said He's ergo in a sentence. Like, to me, I'd be like, what? Shut up. But when Gordani does it, it's <laughs> like, Gordani yeah, hilarious. you no. got it. And then he tells you to take care aid. It's like you're in a bar in Hamilton. Like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, like you really well, I don't know. I don't think play they, the line really well. I don't think they dumb yeah. anything down. I, think they I don't just, think so either. I think they just, uh, I don't know. I think maybe they make people, they dumb it up. <laughs> dumb it up. Smart it up. Whatever the opposite of that is. I yeah. hope so. But I think, but I think it, at, at the core, they're still just like a like a rock and roll band, and mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what people buy into so much. You know? well, it comes to, it also has to do with where, where, when they came up to mm-hmm. yeah. and what was popular then, and the style of music they were playing. Yeah. And like now, they have the ability to write about whatever they want, and mm-hmm. they're still going to buy their albums no matter what. Like when you know. did they stop being good? Uh, after um, poets, that was a good. That album, was a good. Though. That was a good. Uh, it was good. That, that song was really good. Yeah. Um, I stopped listening to them really after Day for Night. Everything up, those three albums before that were amazing. Four albums before Phantom that. Phantom Power, I think, is the one after that? No, that one after that was Trouble at the House. Oh, that right, was right. right. That was all right. That was yeah. a good album, yeah. That was all right. But after Bob that, Cajun I didn't... And... Yeah, yeah. I didn't get any of the albums after that. I got no, all the other ones. Either. His solo stuff's really good. Is it? Yeah. He has, like, a bunch of poetry to it, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always assume that his, that song, Poets, is about him getting trashed by the critics for his poetry. Maybe. Coke Machine Glow, I think. Yeah, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never read it. Yeah, I didn't but read it either. I'd like I'm to read it. I'm curious. It's the type of thing where I maybe don't want to read it because maybe it is really bad. Like maybe he has great song lyrics, but maybe. But it's not bad. good reading on the page. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe he would like ruin it, and they'd be like, "Ah." Oh. You still like the tragedy hit? That's true. You I hate. I don't like Leonard Cohen's poetry, and I still like Leonard Cohen. I like Leonard. I like both. Anyway, we should get moving on to comedy. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jen, do you have anything you want to play? To yeah, um, I'm gonna play a song by a band called The Burning Hell. They're a Canadian band. Um, kind of a random discovery. I boyfriend popped it in on the car once, and it was like, "Who are these people?" Because the lyric is, as you'll hear, uh, just funny. But just they have such a pop sensibility that it's just—it's also really catchy. But their lyrics are just—it's hilarious, and they're just this cool. band from, from I think Peterborough or somewhere. Okay. And, and this uh, is recent. This is like contemporary. Yeah, I don't know what year this album came out. Let's see if it says. But like two thousands, two thousand. Yeah, it's a uh, two thousand twelve. This oh, is a, this is a very, very, very this is a very new. Uh, both uh, both selections I'll be playing are from last year. That was good. So um, yeah, we never, we never have, do it. Yeah. We always play old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both uh, both uh, and uh, Matthias Com is a uh, singer's name, and uh, yeah, it's cool. good. So song's called Grown Ups. Awesome. And the band is Burning Hell. You were a Nazi hunter. I was a cockney punter We used to meet on some rainy English street You'd be looking sharp, I'd be in a dirty old jumper Despite our different social stations Despite my lack of vocation I'd find some piece of crucial information And help you bring a war criminal to justice We had great imaginations And we used to wonder And we used to wonder What would happen to wonder what would happen to us 
photographs in the graveyard Back when we were little goth idiots We used to smoke hash before math class Everybody did it And I know we never learned all our lessons But we did learn some We used to listen to nostalgic songs With nostalgic chord progressions Like this one And we We used to wonder To wonder what would happen We used to wonder what would happen to us I did hear all about it I got the invitation It's on my fridge Beside the picture of you and your kids You know I'd really love to come I'd really love to see everyone It's been so long but So that was, uh, what was the name of the song? That was a song called Grown Ups by the band of Burning Hell. I like it. And album is People from last year. It's very Canadian sounding. Yeah. I think we we were talking about that pretty much the whole time. It has, for me it's interesting because it definitely does have that sort of indie rock, can rock vibe. But it also for me recalls bands such as The Hold Steady and especially his voice sounds a lot like I like the keyboard too. Yeah. Keyboard. So it kind of has that sort of... um, Minneapolis Midwest sensibility yeah, yeah, to it too yeah. where it's just it's and I really love um, just sort of you know the really incisive commentary on life and it's presented in a really funny way but it's yeah. also a really beautiful really emotional evocative song so yeah even though the Nazi hunting and whatnot yeah, going on, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> I never actually got into the whole study but uh, I can see the comparison for sure yeah, yeah definitely yeah they're one of one of my favorites really? I would say yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know who that is it's uh I don't know. Well, we don't need to talk about the whole study, but <laughs> I, 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 I know what you mean, though, about, like, the way, even the way the lyrics are, too. Like, it's very, like, a story rather than, like, a yeah. set. 
you know, here's a, this is the structure of a song. It's just like telling it. This really, really gives you a sense of place, even yeah. though uh, for them, obviously, writing it, their sense of place would be different than my yeah. associations with it. But I just really feel like that really reminds me of driving on an interstate in cool. Minnesota. Cool. Where are they from again? They are from, I believe they're from Peterborough. But then on the but back of the CD. Discovered, yeah. There's a bunch of granting from Music Newfoundland and the Newfoundland Labrador Travel Bureau, I believe. So, so yeah, so, they're from somewhere. And I think a lot of these songs were recorded in Berlin, so right. basically it's just confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of assholes just taking government money to go record <laughs> in Berlin. <laughs> That's what's wrong with this country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, obviously that fits the comedy theme because of yeah. the, the ridiculousness of some of the lyrics. Yeah. 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 But uh, and everything on that record is 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 like funny, or is it just? Um, they ha- it's it's just it's I love to and this we'll hear again in the next song I chose as well. I just really love the dryness of the humor too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And just the self-awareness. So the nostalgic chord progressions line is yeah, that was good. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's so, uh, you know, I, I well, and self-referential too. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I like, and that continues throughout the album. And there's, there's some songs that are have like, they really play with sort of the ridiculous prevalence of the glockenspiel and the boy girl vocals and the hand claps that is yeah. so prevalent in indie rock, indie rock they yeah. really bring it to extremes or mm. they're kind of making fun of it but it's still right. a really hooky pop song so isn't that a very indie rock thing to do to be yeah. self-referential like yeah. so this is like another level of that yeah, yeah. yeah. extreme self-reference yeah. yeah so meta yeah meta meta yeah i don't know indie rock Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I think what we're going to do, we, we have, a, we have uh, someone on the line here. We're, we've tried this a few times lately, uh, getting guests in um, from out of town or who are just not available to come on the show and then doing it uh, over the phone. And it's actually worked out pretty well, I think, so far. Uh, John has worked some computer magic again. And we have on the line uh, Pat Book uh, from Saskatchewan, and he is uh, the man behind uh, the Sound Salvation Army uh, music blog. And uh, welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for having me, guys. How's it going? Uh, very well. I've had a quiet evening at home. Uh, put my daughter to bed, and I'm having some scotch and <laughs> just uh, keeping keeping relaxed. Awesome. Okay, so um, I, I guess what we should do is because we have you here, we should maybe talk a little bit about. Uh, we'll get you in on the theme of the show and all that uh, as well, but maybe talk a little bit about what you're doing. Um, your blog. The reason I know about your blog is because. Uh, I don't know if you had just started it or it was maybe five years ago, six years ago. I actually wrote a few, few things for it because uh, I was introduced to it through a mutual mutual friend. And uh, I didn't actually realize it was still going. I kind of wrote two or three things or whatever it was, and most of them weren't very good. And then I had no time and stopped doing it. And then years later, I just kind of discovered that this thing is still a thing and that you're still doing it. And it looks like you have quite a bit of content on there now. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about the blog and what, what it is and uh, what kind of things you're writing about? Yeah, it started, uh, I think we're getting close to seven or eight years now, actually. Um, You mentioned a mutual friend, uh, our pal Henry, who plays in a pretty great band out of Vancouver now called Chains of Love. Yeah, Um, yeah, he does, yeah. I was out in Vancouver visiting him for a week or two, uh, just on a sort of summer holiday away from my work, and uh, we'd gone record shopping along Main Street hit up three or four different shops and I picked up a bunch of uh, LPs and CDs and we were back at his apartment that night and he was asking about the stuff I'd bought and I, I played him some of it and uh, uh, he seemed to like it all and suggested that uh, there might be other people out there that shared my taste and right. uh, I'm a journalist by trade and a long-winded one at that so uh, it came pretty pretty naturally to me and uh, over the course of the next weeks and months, uh, I wrote a bunch of pieces um, about albums that 
you know, friends of mine liked that maybe weren't getting much attention or a critical fair shake, in, in my view, uh, from the internet at large. And, uh, you know, you don't want to start fights on the internet. That's the last thing anybody wants to do. But That's what the internet's uh, for. <laughs> Some people do that. Yeah. Well, it has its place, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I just ended up writing about a bunch of different records and threw them all up there. And uh, we've been around for a long time. I'm not convinced that a lot of people read it but yeah. uh, it's a it's an outlet that I enjoy and uh, I kind of keep waiting to lose my zest for it but so far it hasn't happened and I, I think we're coming up on 500 um, individual long-form reviews so that's yeah, pretty cool, guess, a bit of a legacy for good or bad that's awesome and you also I mean are you are you not any longer uh, a campus radio DJ or what's going on with that? Because I remember seeing something on your Twitter recently about how your show was ending. Yeah, I've I've been hosting shows at CJTR, the Regina a community radio station, for the better part of its entire existence, going back eleven or twelve years. But uh, since we had our first child uh, ten months ago, it's just been kind of tough. I was doing a morning slot which is is fairly coveted but putting three hours of content together a week and getting up early when the baby gets up early just is is not terribly feasible right now so uh, i'm on a hiatus until they can find me something in the evening something a little more schedule appropriate but yeah i've been with them for almost a decade now too off and on that's awesome i mean this show is broadcast on campus radio here in winnipeg uh after uh, months after it go, goes on our website as a podcast so I mean we definitely are, are pro campus radio yeah I'm, I have some connections to UMFM my wife volunteered there she's from Winnipeg and uh, she had a show called Colleen's Interesting People for a year or two uh, she interviewed people at the Church of Scientology and <laughs> just a, a bunch of random people around the city and uh, she won I think a Rookie of the Year award the first yeah. year she had the show they have awards when we and actually, she um, she managed. We both independently came to be fans of the Burning Hell. She threw uh, programming at UMFM, so uh, awesome. connection there too. That works so well. Cool, cool. Because we don't know anything about it, so <laughs> three of us don't anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, holding my tongue. I wanted to chime in there with a few comments, but. Well, do you know where they're from? Because that seemed to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, what's well, the deal with the Newfoundland stuff? <laughs> they're actually he uh, the band leader Matthias Kahn. He travels all over the country. Pretty much every time he puts out an album, he's living in a different city. He actually put out uh, a really weird sort of uh, album built around ukuleles and 808s when he was living in the Northwest Territories. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah, in the past, he's done like really kind of orchestral baroque pop albums with 13 piece bands. And yeah, he does just about everything, but uh, I'm a big fan of his writing. That's oh, cool. Yeah, he's a he's a fantastic writer, and it sounds like he's a pretty uh, deft instrumentalist as well. well so. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, so yeah, so as as you know, uh, the the way the show works is um, we have a randomly generated theme word, and uh, this week's comedy. So you have something that you've selected that you want to play on the show. Um, so I'm looking forward to hearing that. What uh, you want to give us an intro of what that is, and we'll we'll take a listen. Sure. Yeah, I was actually considering for the first little while playing a burning hell song, so I'm glad I chose not to. <laughs> Um, I went a f- little further back into my personal catalog and uh, I've been listening to the last year or two a lot of really antiquated jazz music. Um, 
which we kind of came through, my wife and I, when we bought a car a little while ago, they threw in a, a satellite radio subscription, and the only channel we, either of us really enjoyed listening to was the uh, 40s on 4, which is just old, uh, sort of pre-big band jazz music. I was hoping and you were going to say you had a bunch of tapes in the car that like were left behind <laughs> with the previous owner. But no. that's okay too, satellite radio, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not analog cool, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, we, we heard a, a bunch of interesting music on there and uh, through there kind of discovered some vaguely familiar artists and a lot of their earlier body of work. Um, so the song that I selected is by a duo called Slim and Sam. And they are a couple of guys who were working in the late 30s and early 40s. Uh, sort of as a duet, but they had a couple of other guys play other instruments, and they wrote a lot of novelty jazz songs. Uh, they had a number called Tutti Frutti that sort of heavily influenced the more famous version by Little Richard, but a lot of their stuff was either tied to a pretty prevalent undercurrent in African-American jazz, namely reefer songs, songs about marijuana, using coded words and, and phrases and references to marijuana itself and um, there's actually a compilation that's really terrific called Dope and Glory which is a two CD set that came out a while back that's I think it's like 25 or 30 songs by some actual you know recognizable artists like Cab Calloway, a young Louis Armstrong, uh, Tommy Dorsey, Ella Fitzgerald even all singing songs about Marijuana. Um, and the song that I selected to fit the comedy theme is a number called Laughing in Rhythm. Uh, and I guess it's kind of a one note joke, but I think they play pretty well. Cool. Well, let's check it out. Laughing in Rhythm. Living in rhythm. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> I like it. It was cool. Um, that was great. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I, I was glad you, to see it. You just heard that on, on Satellite Radio, or, or what? Like, how did this, or did you just get introduced to the artist on Satellite Radio and find it that way? It was sort of a, I, I guess, a bit of a journey. I, really, the only specific song that I remember coming out of the Satellite Radio experience was uh, a number by Bing Crosby's older brother, Bob Crosby. Called, uh, <laughs> it's like a Saturday yeah. Live yeah. skit. It sounds like a setup for a joke, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, he did a number in, I think, 1938 called Two Sleepy People, which is actually turned out to be one of my wife and my's, uh, I'm not sure what the grammar on that sentence is, but turned out to be one of our favorite songs. And uh, there's a lot of people who did versions of it in that era. and. We like Bob Crosby's better, but uh, I found an old uh, compilation of music Crosby? specifically from 38, and Slim and Slam had the, uh, the song you just heard on it, so it was uh, sort of, you know, one earworm kind of sticks yeah. out, and you look a little further into the, uh, the era and the genre, and, you know, you come up with gold. That was great, yeah. I'm actually surprised there's not a rapper named Bong Crosby at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that oh, like their is that their interpretation of what being stoned is like? <laughs> like is that what they're trying to do? What is crazy? Well, it's hard to say specifically that it's in, informed by the reefer song trend okay. at the time, but yeah. uh, you know the coughing. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like yeah, sort of unrestrained yeah. guttural yeah. phrasing. I think yeah. probably suggests that there's some association there, in my mind at least. Yeah. Yeah. Was cool. Um, so, the rest of their stuff is like straight ahead, though, or is it all pretty, pretty novelty-ish and goofy? It sort of runs the gamut. A lot of uh, a lot of the stuff that I've heard by them is sort of in that that kind of rhythm, uh, jazz sort of uh, footprint, where it's not really a lyrical thing. It's more about uh, tone. Uh, and sort of mood, uh, but they also had careers outside of their association with each other. Uh, I know Slim went on to play with, I think, Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie oh. and sort of tended more towards the uh, the bebop era stuff where um, the bass player Slam sort of just kind of never really found a niche that worked after that. Uh, but their stuff together is, a lot of it is sort of novelty going, whether it's dope songs or sort of just goofy sound experiments. It's not really what you might recognize as the jazz of the time, but yeah. some of their stuff does sort of fit into the slipstream and is a little more familiar, and, and probably those are the ones they made their hits on. That's cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's really it's really different from like I've liked a lot of jazz over the years, but my ta my tastes previously have sort of leaned towards more bombastic, uh, sometimes big bound stuff like Buddy Rich, 
uh, and some of his big band material would be what I would gravitate more towards. But uh, you know, I think there's a place uh, and a time for. You know, I, I, I'm, it's cliche to say, but I, I liked a little bit of everything, and I think this sort of kind of offbeat, uh, toe-tapping jazz thing is 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 nice when you want to hear it. Yeah. Well, and we want to hear it on the show because we're talking about comedy. <laughs> and <laughs> I think it's so that's the important thing. Yeah. Awesome. All right, uh, Rob, do you want to play? Uh... Or yeah. I thought you wanted to ask something. Oh, yeah, you wanted to, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I was, it, it's, sorry, it's, it's Pat? That's right. Hi, Pat. It's Rob. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering like if, for joke if you can make any uh, recommendations about any bands in, in Regina that you uh, that you like right now or you're keeping your eye on. That's actually a good thing because you, this show is very Winnipeg-centric. So, I mean, yeah. Oh. If you got anything... Hey, well, like I, don't, that. I don't want to inflame a prairie rivalry, uh, but, you know, there's, uh, there's some groups that have been getting a lot of attention the last couple of years in that indie rock vein that uh, probably sound familiar... Uh, Library Voices has done a lot of touring. Um, they're sort of a, you could probably characterize them as a bit more uh, twee or pop if you're into that sort of thing. Nope. Um, the last <laughs> record by, <laughs> sorry? Oh, I said nope. I'm oh, not into okay. that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Um, Ra Ra is getting a lot of attention for their last full length. Uh, yeah. They recorded in Montreal with some big name producers and it's paying dividends for them. They're touring Europe, I think, pretty shortly here, so good for them. Uh, again, if you're into a more of a pop thing, um, there's a three-piece that's uh, just put out a record called The Jump Off, uh, which reminds me a lot of bands like Less Savvy Fab and sort of those uh, keyboard-driven, vaguely dancey but still aggressive, vaguely punkish kind of medleys of sound. Um, I've heard their previous EP, and aside from some questionably misogynistic lyrics, the music is good, so that's something. That kind of fits into a lot of what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's... that's well, uh, so I should play a song now? Yeah, well, if you want to. Can I lead in with the comedy bit that I brought? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I'm going to play uh, a song by Idon, who's uh, a rapper from Boston. And uh, I'm going to play a song called uh, Let's Be Friends, which is um, it's, a, it's a song that he freestyles the whole thing. And it's really funny because the whole song is about how he wants to be friends with other rappers, which is <laughs> kind of the opposite of what most rap songs yeah, are course, about. Yeah, yeah. But it's like about how he wants to hang out with rappers and be friends and, and go to the zoo and stuff and hang out. <laughs> like it's a, it's a really funny song. Um, yeah, and that's that's why I chose it. And uh, but you had you had a comedy thing you wanted to okay. preface it with, right? Yeah, let me let me play the comedy thing, and then and then we'll play the song. Then I'll talk about the song more after. So this comedy thing I brought is uh, the reason I was really gung ho to bring it is because I just I just heard it for the first time recently. So I'm like real pumped on it still. Yeah. It's this guy Matt Besser who, if you don't know the name, you definitely know his face. He's been around forever. He's been in tons of stuff. Like, he's never a big, you know, he's never the star, but he's, yeah. he's around. He was actually one of the founding members of the Upright Citizens Brigade. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I guess his home phone number is one phone number off of, like, an internet support number. <laughs> so he's getting these calls for people looking for internet support. Yeah, yeah. So I guess eventually he just decided to start fucking with the people who were calling him. And so I had this whole collection of, uh, of things that, uh, of just, like, 
telephone calls with people calling in and be like, how do you fix my inter- internet? And he's like, well, uh, you know, he just makes up a story. So this one is him pretending to be the automated system. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, Matt Besser followed by uh, E-Don, Let's Be Friends. Cool, let's check it out. Press 1 for Hello, English. Barnes and Press Noble. 2 for Spanish. Hello? Press 1 for English. Press 2 for Spanish. Press 1 for tech support. Press 2 for free gift. Press 1 for English. Press 2 for Spanish. Press 1 for New York. Press 2 for California. Press 1 for Yankees. Press 2 for Mets. Press 1 for air conditioning. Press 2 for gas heat. What is this, son of a gun? Press one for baseball, press two for football. Press one for shirts, press two for pants. Press one for soap, press two for bed. Press one for two, press two for one. What is this, stupid? Yo, don't throw the beat on yet. Throw it on now. This is Edon. In the place to be, in the place to be, in the place to do it. Yo, we got to do it. Yo, we got to do it. Just do it. Just do it. Check it out. The beat's gonna pause right now, then I'm coming back in. I just wanna make friends with MCs. Buy him ice cream, take him to the park, then we'll hang out, go see the butterflies, look at the girl, she wants to give us a toy. MCs, do you wanna hang out? Let's chill, let's be friends, let's chill, let's be best friends. So we'll go to the movies, and we'll eat some popcorn with butter on it, then we'll go and rhyme, freestyle a little bit in the park. Let's go hang out, go by the river, and rock some rhymes. Let's chill, let's be friends, let's not fight, let's just hang out all damn night, let's just do it to the morning light, let's just chill, let's go walk around and talk about each other's problems, let's go over and play some video games at the arcade, you know we'll just hang out, yeah, and we'll work on our rhymes, our metaphors are okay, how are yours, let's chill, let's just be some friends, cause bam, I ain't got so many friends. I just wanna hang out with MCs. Yo, they're like me, they write rhymes too. Let's hang out, you know what I wanna do. Just go to your crib, just eat some of your food, and then go to your house whenever you want. Just hang out, yo, let's not fight MCs. Let's hang out all night, let's do it. Let's chill, let's work it out. Let's do what we talked about. Let's get together and help somebody. Let's plant a tree, let's save the bees, let's save the cats, let's buy some cats. Let's eat some food together Not a hot dog, cause you know that ain't clever You don't wanna eat some junk food, man Yo, try this apple Or this piece of broccoli Carrot, beta carotene Yo, I won't act embarrassing We'll just hang out We'll just chill, MCs 
I wanna hang out with you and you and you and yes you Go to someone's house or the zoo Talk to the zebras and giraffes You're so funny, don't make me laugh MCs, <laughs> I wanna hang out So that was uh, Edon Both of those things were great yeah, that yeah, was solid contributions all around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that was from uh, like the first. I think that was from the, one of the first things he did, uh, an EP called "Sprain Your Tape Deck," which um, was it actually had a bunch of funny songs. Like he, that was the only song that where he like freestyle rap like that. Most of them are kind of like more structured songs. Like he had this one song. But that was all the whole song was freestyle. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. And then there's, there's he had this one song on that album called "Run That Shit," which is all these different like outrageous stories about him like robbing people. But there's like one about how he meets this girl at the bar and then he takes her home and like sleeps with her and then he robs her. <laughs> and then like, there's this other one where he's like he's he robs with his friend, but then his friend gets a government job, so then he robs his friend and just like ridiculous songs. And then the other song I remember from that album was called uh, "MC Smoke Crack," and the chorus is "MC Smoke Crack, I smoke aluminum." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just about how much PCP he does. <laughs> oh, wow. But he's just like, he's just like, a, I think he made that whole album like in his college dorm room. You know, he's just kind of like a goofy guy. When is that from? That's from like 2001. Okay. Um, then he put out like, he put out another record, Primitive Plus, in 2002, which is like a really, really, really good album. Like he's, he, he's really into the history of hip hop and, and like he knows so much about it. And, and that's kind of like where... Uh, you know, he he like he makes rap that's kind of like, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? It's like, uh, like praising the old school kind of style. So he like deferential almost. Uh, no? Yeah, I mean, no, no, because that would be yeah. He's not, yeah. yeah so, mind. but he does like a lot of like analog stuff. He like records on like reel to reel, and he does like all his own scratching, makes all his own beats, oh, cool. does all his own recording. Um, and so, yeah, he's like, you know, he's a funny type of dude. He makes funny kind of songs. Then he has another album, uh, Beauty and the Beat, where he he's a lot of psych influences, a lot of psych samples. And cool. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Edon. So. That's really good. Yeah, he hasn't put out a record since 2004, though. He put out a mixtape, but it wasn't his own stuff, so yeah. I don't know what he's doing these days. Hmm. How did you How did you come up on this? Uh, Edon. The, yeah. f- the first time I heard Edon was on a Sage Francis mixtape. Okay. And um, then I didn't really pay too much attention to it, to be honest. But that was like the first time I was aware of him. But then uh, my friend, our mutual friend Charlie Hyde, yeah, he had the this EP that uh, this song that I just played uh, was from. Cool. And then yeah, just from then I've been following him because I was a big fan of that EP and everything's everything after. Cool. Nice. Yeah, definitely fit the theme for sure. Yeah. Like, and that, that, that bit beforehand was amazing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> press, every, press one for two, press two for one. <laughs> I really like that. Um, I mean, not, not, not that because that's on the phone, but the internet definitely seems to have. Uh, actually, last night I was looking at all kinds of uh, people, like just fucking with people on the internet uh, by email. Like, you know, pretend, answering ads as fake things and stuff. And it's hilarious. Like, yeah, well, there's that there's that guy who has that blog where he, anytime he sees, like, a phone number in public, like, if you want guitar lessons yeah. or if you want a DJ, yeah. he just They're always guitar lessons of DJs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, or there's this one guy who had, like, art up in a restaurant, and he had, like, to buy this art, here's the phone yeah. number. So he just, like, starts texting this guy, and he's like, 
I'm at the restaurant with my or I'm at the restaurant with my family like how much would you want for this this painting and then he keeps trying to talk him down and then he like reveals that he, he's with his kid and his kid spilled ketchup on it yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. tried to wipe it off but he accidentally <laughs> yeah. washed it off and, and there's like, tons of stuff like that and it's just like it's so easy to do now that yeah. you can, anyone can do it. it's hilarious yeah. like it's just uh, I think it's people have a lot of time on their hands and they can just waste other people's time hilariously yeah yeah, yeah. we're talking before going to air but like you know, having like a a phone that says where you are at all times and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. If someone wants to like get a hold of you, yeah, yeah. it's often very easy. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's easy to pretend you're somebody else too, like yeah, because you know. But that that his his voice for the uh, the automated system was was dead especially on. Especially because like, it's something that we all still deal with. Yeah, kind of unbelievable. Yeah. I still that you know, like whatever phoning me about my cruises. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, exactly. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is your captain. Yeah. You know, like, but it's it it's funny that that is sort of one part of technology that hasn't really evolved at all. Like yeah, it's still, still the same ineffectual annoying, and yeah. stupid yeah. and th- kind and of like that. You and know? I think even more than it surviving, like that's going to become more so the norm where one day it's going to get to the point where there's no human on the other yeah. end. Yeah. Like oh, it's sure. just going to all be automated. It'll yeah. recognize your speech and it'll like come up with the answer for it. Yeah. 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 Just the, like it'll be 911 and it'll just recognize by how your voice is distressed, like what the emergency yeah, totally, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll be like measuring your heartbeat through the phone yeah. or something. And, yeah, but some yeah. of the systems are like they might as well be press one for two and two for one because yeah. they're yeah. just so. It's a cycle, yeah. 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 yeah, I think they actually already have that. I was down in Arizona a week or two ago visiting my parents and uh, I used my Visa card at a liquor store and two minutes later I got a call on my cell phone and it was a robot and it said. <laughs> We've detected some unusual activity on your card. Oh, because you're using it in the States, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, they were going to try to sell you more like Captain Morgan's or something. <laughs> I'm sure you like this. Thankfully not. <laughs> no, it, it, it asked me to just say my client number, so I told it my client number verbally. Ooh, it recognized it and then said, did you make a purchase at a liquor store in Arizona? Whoa. Yes. Oh, never mind then. Have a good day. <laughs> and I didn't have to press a button. It was all... It recognized all the voice prompts. It was amazing. Huh. So we're already there. Dystopian future. Yeah. <laughs> we're already... Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the dystopian future. Yeah. Um, no, that was great. I, I'm gonna look up both of those. You don't listen to Dumb? No. I remember that time. from like. I remember the name, and I've seen the CDs at your house. I'm sure back in the day. But I yeah. have not. No, I need to do it now. Never own an Edom CD. Well, then how do I? Okay, I'll refer to the name. Only of it. vinyl. Well, okay, I've seen the record then. Sorry. <laughs> I was assuming it was CD because it's like you know, a while back, but. Anyway, uh, who's playing a song next? All right, maybe... Because we've got two more songs. Yeah. John's got one, and then Jen has a second one. So who... Uh, yeah, maybe I'll throw one in. Sure. And sure. let Jen close up the show. Sure. Uh, I chose a song by um, Sid Barrett. Of course you did. Jug, jug, hand, <laughs> jug Band Blues. Have I played Sid Barrett? No, I'm joking. Okay. Um, yeah, I think because of the last line, what exactly is a joke? Is that just the lyric? That's the last lyric okay. of the song. Yeah, the song itself is a bit, like, absurd. It's not really funny. It's actually a bit depressing if you start... You realize it was like the last. It's like a sad clown instead of a funny clown. No, this was like, because he was like he was one of the founding members of um, Pink Floyd. Of Pink Floyd, he wrote like the whole first album. Never heard. And was uh, <laughs> a little like wall thing that they did, but this is way before that because he was, yeah, they used to play like, well, they were just kind of like doing crazy freak out uh, yeah. music, and uh, yeah, he was one of the founding members. Wrote, you know, the first album. Yeah. And then, after that, when they had been touring and stuff he just started like a mental collapse basically and by the time the second album was being recorded uh he didn't write any of the music and he ended up just i don't think he recorded any of it except for this one song uh which is i think the last song on the album 
he just kind of, I guess he, I think he had like a latent schizophrenia, started doing, smoking a lot of pot, taking a lot of some acid, uh, and uh, yeah, it got to the point where this is when David Gilmore came into the band, he was yeah. asked to fill in because uh, Sid Barrett wasn't playing guitar, he was the lead singer and the, the guitarist, and he would just be standing there on stage like playing a note sometimes, and it was, got ridiculous. And to the point where, yeah, David Gilmore came in and replaced him, and then one day they just didn't pick him up for a show, and then that was that was that. And so, yeah, the song is a bit, it's not really funny, but it's <laughs> almost a bit depressing because, like, you realize this is someone who's, like, crazy, kind of losing their grip yeah. on, uh, on reality. He ended up releasing, I think, two, there were two solo albums that came out afterwards. He was kind of, uh, not coerced, but, like, you know, prompted to yeah. to record a little more and then he moved back into his mother's house and watched TV. Well didn't he die if you like he died? Or? Yeah he died in some the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. He was only sixty. Yeah. I don't know uh, what the actual cause was supposed to be. Oh. Maybe just too much sitting around. Not if it kills you does it? I guess yeah. it does. I yeah. you know sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, because there's I yeah, saw a video does. there's a someone took a video of him walking like to the store and stuff and he just looks completely different. He was like a pretty like thin like someone how, took how like a, how do you know it was him? Uh, you can see it's all by the features, I think. Was it someone taking a video for a documentary, or just some guy with a phone being like, "Hey, check it out, it's Sid Barrett." Like, yeah, there was just some guy like, yeah. I got some you. weed. You want to smoke it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, let's check out the tune. This is a uh, jug, jug band blues. Bring it right down to a. By the Pink Floyd. That's a bit weird. Enjoy. It's awfully considerate of you to think of me here, and I'm most obliged to you for making it clear that I'm not here And I never knew the moon could be so big And I never knew the moon could be so blue And I'm grateful that you threw away my old shoes And brought me here instead dressed in red And I'm wondering who could be writing this song 
some weird well, man. pink Took fly stuff. I'm a different person now. Did that change something? <laughs> that quest? I hated that song until the end. The, the end was cool. The false, the false ending, ending and then the second false ending yeah. was really cool. The really mm-hmm. abrupt false ending. Well, it's yeah. A bit, yeah, and it's a bit ridiculous the way like there's just like a weird like whole horn section that comes. I actually kind of liked when it like, came in. I like the recorder too. Tune. The recorder and the kazoo and stuff was. Mm-hmm. I was thinking was that that my least favorite kind of music is British music from the '60s, though. <laughs> just a blanket, yeah. like everything. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be something. Because then I was thinking, well, at first I was thinking like '60s music in general, but that's not true. There's, there's lots of great, yeah. Music, yeah. And then I was thinking just white people in the '60s, but no white no. people. There, well, some, there good, was some good white people. But it's just British yeah. '60s music. I think is really boring. Yeah, I could. Yeah, there, yeah I guess because like there's like certain scenes going on, so there's a lot of like bands who wanting to make a name for themselves start being a bit like derivative. They start to try to like sound like other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think also a lot of the stuff, British stuff in the '60s was trying to ape American stuff. Yeah. Which is like, you know. So until, like, bands kind of find their way or whatever, you get a lot of similar sounding stuff that maybe isn't is not that great. I don't know. I do like, like, the, the first Pink Floyd album I do quite yeah. like. I have a hard time, I think, with, like, psych music in general. Like, but you know, like, there's some times when it's done really well, but it's just all this kind of, like, noodling and, like, and like these lyrics that are supposed to be deep and aren't mm-hmm. and it's just like this auto affection kind of bullshit going yeah, yeah, on yeah, and yeah. yeah there was a oh sorry uh, I just find that uh, I agree and I find that uh, yeah it's just it's uh, for whatever reason it's a genre of music that really frustrates my ears and it's just it, it's never <laughs> I've never gotten over it it's just it's like I just feel annoyed slash enraged yeah. <laughs> and just I just sort Don't of and, you know it's good mm-hmm. that it, I think it's better to have music that evokes a feeling like that as opposed to make music that makes you feel nothing right sure so yeah, I think yeah, it's still, it's still valid opinion. right yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah it's just for whatever reason it's really had that strong reaction in, it, in me for whatever reason I got yeah no I, I got in a kick in the last like couple weeks actually of listening to a lot of I don't know if they're obscure I've never never heard of any of them but like kind of psych early 70s psych stuff mm-hmm. And yeah, it can only take like a certain amount, or it has to be yeah. pretty well done. If it's just pretty similar to everything else, which yeah. a lot of it is, it's. Uh, my, my, I had a friend who was like, "You need to listen to Brain Ticket and I'm on Duel." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay," and I listened to it, and I was like, "Like <laughs> 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 the okay there, okay." Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, Jesus. What next, buddy? <laughs> and I was like, "Why am I friends with this person?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I know what you're saying before, though, about how it like it almost seems like some of it is like forced uh, weirdness. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's not it's not like organically. This is just what we started playing. It's like okay, now we have to do the part where like it sounds all crazy yeah. and like you well, know. It's, just, it's also so wanky. Like it's just like yeah. a, yes, okay, yes. like I got yeah. it. Like yeah. just yeah. Sh- but there's know. times there's times where wanky. I mean, I think the Frank Zappa song we played at the beginning, the wankiness in there, I think it worked. Well, he's a pretty righteous guitarist. He is, but I think yeah. in the contact way it was framed with the other weird, like, silly part at the beginning. I, f- and then I feel like, though, because that song didn't take itself super seriously, it wasn't wanky in that it's the look at me, look at me, make yeah. sure you're still looking at me, oh wait, you're not looking at me, yeah. so I better pull the attention back to myself. Yeah, yeah, you know? where, the solo, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. a lot of uh, guitarists, especially of guitarists of a particular time, yeah. do that, right? Well, people so, still do that now. Oh, for sure they do, but I think it's, uh, yeah, it's that's why guitar solos, I think, are 
often really maligned in music because I think they have that association with people. Well, I think guitar solos, like, only recently become maligned, though. Like, you used to be, like, you know, every song oh, on yeah. the radio, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the guitar solo. And, and people would be like, oh, solo. this is so impressive, until they realized, yeah. wait a second, oh my god, why is this still going on? Shut but, like, slash like, music work, too, right? Honestly. So, like, like, but, well, <laughs> but, then you, but, but then you listen to Mark Knopfler, and you're just, like, more, you know? Yeah. Like, mm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it all depends. Like, with the Zappa stuff, because... I think the Zappa stuff, like, maybe because he's not, like, in, like on the drugs like the kids were, he, uh, <laughs> but he, he uh, you know, he, he's kind of more um, conscious of what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, yeah, yeah. like, aware of what's going on. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. That might be why. It's more calculated, like, on some purpose? Yeah, more. Uh, well, I mean, the other guys are on purpose, too, but they're on purpose because they're trying to, like, prove something. I don't know. I don't or because they've forgotten. The or maybe it's just like one of those things where it's like this. I, I what I, I hate this like idea that you can reach some like that you're reaching some sort of transcendence. Yeah, yeah, music. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like the, you get these guitar players who are just like, oh, I'm just gonna go off and feel the music yeah, yeah, yeah. and reach this plateau, and it's like, just really feeling the music, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like fuck off, you know. Yeah. Or it's just an exercise in like, look how many notes I can play in this short amount of time. Rather than like this fits a song, it's just right. Yeah. 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 I think if it's a, if it's a display of virtuosity and nothing else, then you're really like like you said, Jen, uh, it's just look at me and look mm -hmm. how look how great I am. Like I, a friend of mine told me that their parents saw the Eagles in concert. No, Chicago. I Chicago in concert. Oh yeah, you do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Chicago, and the drummer took a 45 minute. <laughs> that's amazing. How does he? Like, I I would kill him with my hands. Yeah, that sure. like, that's I, almost. Yeah. That, you, know, that. you know that reminds me of like uh, you know Christian Shaw. She was yeah. like she's like oh, yeah, a yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, she's yeah. my fave. Right. So she, she, her and like her husband, I think, have a comedy duo, and they do this thing uh, live on stage where they go Christian Shaw's horse, Christian Shaw's horse, and like Christian <laughs> Shaw just like gallops around stage. <laughs> And like I heard, I heard them. In, I think it was like on American, this American Life or whatever. They're yeah. talking about how they like they do it to the point where it's funny at first, <laughs> and then they do it so long it's not funny yeah. anymore. But yeah. then they then do it, it even longer. And then they it becomes funny. That's like must be what the Chicago drummer was going for. <laughs> it's good <laughs> until you get bored with it, and then it gets good. And then you it. start laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I doing? How can you do? I spend one hundred and twenty dollars on these tickets. Every forty-five minutes. Ridiculousness. Yeah, that's but. brutal. I guess you probably like you were saying though you know, mm. about the Eagles. You probably have to review all kinds of horrible. Sh I mean, good ones too. But I, uh, it's been, it's interesting because it's a lot of uh, kind of trying to reconcile your own taste yeah, of course, in yeah. music with trying to be um, as I don't like saying objective because I don't think that's possible because yeah, we're not robots and we all have yeah. you know history and things yeah. informing our opinions but uh you know you really i think learn to check yourself and sort of appreciate really good musicians when you even see if them. it's a style you don't exactly like yeah. so like i fucking hate the eagles so yeah. much but i gave them four stars because i could recognize that you they know well. these are songs that are really have stood the test of time they despite only one of them actually being from california they pretty right. much nailed that whole mellow that thing. Vibe, yeah, yeah. you know so it's just like it's was it a best of album it's, uh, it was a concert. It's best of, it was like an oh. Eagles retrospective tour. So they were doing sort of like, oh, okay. and they're playing everything in chronological order. And it was like, right. you know, 
whatever. But I got it. I gave it four stars, like, which yeah. was generous, I feel. And yeah. I got a letter. And the funny thing about this letter is that I received it a month after the show. So clearly it took some time for this person to craft, really working on, yeah. craft yeah. this paragraph. Yeah. And uh, she was upset with me because I didn't I didn't give them the review that they deserved. I wasn't respectful enough because I didn't yeah. take into account how old they were. Hotel California. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, the, the worst of all Eagle yeah. songs. I, I, noticed, oh, yeah, I noticed someone in the Manitoban um, reviewed the movie M because it was playing at Cinematheque. Okay. And they gave M five stars out of five, but it's like, who the fuck are you to review M? Well, if we review, that's what the fuck. Happens. But it, it, but it's part of the canon. Right. This is what you're basing other movies on. Right. You should be reviewing new stuff, and then you should just be saying, hey, th- you can write something about it. Like, I have no problem with you writing your opinion it about it, but review. giving it a rating, yeah. like, get the fuck out of here. Not that I'm saying that about no. your Eagles review. No, it, you know. Because you can still review the, the live Eagles well, review, I, like, in oh, terms of, like, how it sounds, like, how I, it is like as a live to, disc. And it's important for me to, I think, and I try to do this with most of my music writing, is contextualize reviews. So right. I do like to sort of place them in the context of, yeah. okay, here's what's happening. Like, I did that with Dixie Chicks, and it was, I think, one of the better reviews I've done. Um, just because there's a lot to say outside of music that's going on with them. But yeah. Yeah. That's Would why I couldn't. That's why I, I stopped writing reviews because I, not of concerts but of CDs. Your reviews was, were the best. I would though. be super harsh on things though. Like if I didn't like it, I would just be like, and I, I think that people don't want to read that. Maybe. That's why like, it was funny. Like yeah. even when I disagreed with you, it was yeah. so funny. You know, I went through a phase when I first started writing about music in university where it was all about if it was something you didn't like, it was all about how can I be rude about this but be as funny or clever as possible yeah. mm-hmm. like i reviewed a techno cd by a no-name band they released themselves that was just terrible and the whole review was like 75 words of onomatopoeia like laser sounds and weeps <laughs> and beams and pews awesome. and, and then at yeah, the end it just awesome. said don't buy this <laughs> but, I, um, but i would never do that today because and part of what i try to do would. my site like i don't <laughs> write about stuff that I don't enjoy because I think there's enough of that out there. And I think, like Jen said, if you can find a positive element to something, then that will tell someone so much more about it than trying to tear it down in any number of entertaining ways. I think it's, I I think a lot of novice writers make the mistake and it's it's just a rook move just to make the review all about you and how funny you you are, right? And and I think it's, uh, it's, two things one it's completely unfair to the artist yeah i mean this is somebody making a livelihood with what they're doing and and two it's not about you at all so yeah you know check yourself but um i think for me when i read reviews and what i really value in reviews i never trust a full out rave and i never trust a full out pan because yeah. there's got to be something Some in gray between. Area, for sure um so i i like criticism that really it's critical but it also is looking at things from a variety of yeah. as- and I hate when people say this isn't usually my thing but it's like yeah that, no, you see that all the time that too. totally undermines any sort of credibility you were attempting to build yeah. by saying that sentence it's like well then why the, yeah. why am I trusting do you, you guys remember that that music blogger who he actually ended up being I think a member of the ketamines and yeah he, he yeah, he like trashed all this yeah. Canadian music mm-hmm. oh really I didn't yeah he like trashed like he trashed the, that Canadian um Fucking Matt Klitschewski's band. Boats? The Boats. He, like, trashed them, 
like really trash really? them. Yeah. yeah. This is the one that you mentioned on a previous podcast. Right? Oh, yeah. maybe. What do you guys think about that? Because like, he, I think he, where from what I, the place I understood him as coming from was the place that Canada has such um, an inferiority complex when it comes to its culture that it almost will boost anything up like as long as it's it popular yeah. yeah like it ha- if it has enough people like if it has enough like a rumbling on the underground of in terms of fans and people are just all over it and they're like yes this is the best thing ever and i mean i don't think he went about it the right way but i found it an interesting read it was the, one I, of the first blogs where i actually went i need to read more of this this yeah. is this I is inter- but i will add yeah. that uh i didn't i was really not down with it until he started signing his name to it because i was like you know what and i know paul and i value his opinion and i like him as a dude and but it just i was I felt to me i was like you know what i have to sign my name to a lot of sure. shit that is really unpopular but when you're in I, another band but isn't that like isn't that a huge because when, you... when he was doing it anonymously though that's when i had a problem with it as no, soon as he I mean, started signing his name and backing his opinions no but i'm saying like, if you're already in a band and you're you want to you want to say your opinion about yeah. this band that you might be playing a show with next week yeah then like it's almost like it's being a band and shut up or go anonymous and say what you want. I think it's. I, I think the problem is that Paul still has every right to disseminate his opinion as a music consumer and fan, right? So yeah, it but might it's be, harder when you're like, of course it is. When you have but to like, also, when you have to socialize with these people, absolutely. when you have to like, absolutely, like that's the same with reviewing local music in Winnipeg. Like, I, I yeah, take, it takes sure. it seriously. Like, you have to, you know. I guess it keeps you true, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta over up to be like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna give this local band an F, and then yeah. run into them at the Toad and be like, yeah, hi, sorry for well, you potentially. I'd rather get an F from. I'd rather get an F from a local reviewer but than get an A. But it depends on how it's written. If again, yeah. going back to what I was saying before, if it's just a pan for the sake of panning it, and I'm gonna make a bunch of jokes at your expense because yeah, so I'm cool. a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I know you have to go. Before you go, can you just let us know where people can find your blog? Yeah. Some of your other writing and introduce your song, right? Yes, yes and we'll, play, we'll play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my song, well, first, uh, you can find my blog at ScreamingInAllCaps.com. That is the sort of feminist pop culture stuff. Music stuff you can find at WinnipegFreePress.com. Cool. Um, where I will tell you how concerts were and interview musicians, among other things. Cool. And uh, song, last song I cho- chose is uh, Father John Misty Tune from his uh, solo record. He used to be in Fleet Foxes. He's now enjoying a solo career. This album's called Fear Fun, and uh, the song is called I'm Writing a Novel, and uh, more tunes about drugs. So, cool. there you go. Okay, well, uh, yeah. All right, well, thank you. Thank you for yeah. coming. Thank you um, for having me. I guess what we do right now, uh, usually, um, is we do like a kind of a wrap-up and let people know where they can find our show and things like that. If you have to go, though, it's yeah, okay. totally cool. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so um, actually, well, we should maybe get Pat to uh, give us a little bit of more info about where you can find his blog and things like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward. SoundSalvationArmy.com. Uh, my email is pat.book, B-O-O-K, at gmail.com. Uh, I try to make at least a little bit of time for anything that gets submitted, as long as it's from a human and not from a PR monster. So uh, anybody who might be in Winnipeg and wants to send some stuff, uh, I listen to a lot of Winnipeg bands, so go for it. Cool. And yeah, you can find our show on uh, witchpolice.com, hit podcasts, and there's like a big archive of all the past 50-some shows we've done with links to download and stream it. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash witchpoliceradio. Find us on Twitter at Witch Police FM, and we're on Monday nights at 101.5, 11 p.m. And uh, someone else say that. I just that 101.5 UM FM. 
in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg. UMFM.com. Or UMFM.com. <laughs> Extremes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you were, where were you? At RobCrooks.com, uh, Facebook.com slash RobCrooksMusic, I think. RobCrooks.com. Cool. And John. I'm here. <laughs> John's, John's just here. I think this actually might be one of the last ones, if not the last one we do before the new year. Uh, so, you know, if this is it, then... Uh, is it? It might be. Which I hope we all fucking die this year. You do? Just fucking burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get any better than this? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> we're going to play the Father John Missy song that uh, Jen picked, and we'll, uh, we'll see you later. I ran down the road, pants down to my knees. Screaming, please come help me, that Canadian shaman gave a little too much to me And I'm writing a novel Because it's never been done before I'm thinking about a beautiful woman driving a hearse First house that I saw, I wrote house up on the door And told the people who live there they had to get out Cause my reality is realer than yours and there's no time in the and there's a black dog on the bed I went to the backyard To burn my only clothes And the dog ran out and said You can't turn nothing into nothing This with me no more Well I'm no doctor But that monkey might be right
people 